0: Welcome to the Books and Bites podcast. Each month, we bring you book recommendations and discuss the bites and beverages to pair with them. We're coming to you from the Jessamyn County Public Library's recording studio. My name is Eden Gray. And I'm Carrie Green. And I'm Kendall Haddix. Thanks, everybody, for joining us for the Books and Bites podcast. Today we're going to be talking about our reading goals for 2017. and I'm curious what Carrie and Kendall's reading goals are.
1: Last year, I just barely missed my reading goal. I set it up on Goodreads. Um, I think I was four books short, which was really sad. I should have stashed some comics in there at the end or something.
0: What was your goal last year?
1: Oh, 200 books, 200, and I got 196, I think it was. Um, but a lot of those are graphic novels and comics, and so it's not really that impressive Um, but this year I all I set for myself was to read 52 and I think uh, I think that one will be an easy one to meet but that can always go up later so 52 is two two you know one a week so there we
0: go I'm impressed by that (laughs) yeah that's a really good reasonable goal actually just (laughs) one a week Yeah. yeah I also set my goal to read 200 books last year and actually divided it up at the end um, because I read far more than 200 and I, by the end I had figured out that less than 100 of those were full complete novels and the rest were filled up by comic books and novellas and manga. So that 200 isn't actually 200 complete novels or 250 complete novels, it's more like 70 novels and a lot of comics and graphic novels. (laughs) Um, For this year, I set another goal of 200, but I have far less expectation for myself. I just want to read what I feel like reading and not feel like I have to read a certain amount. Um, I mostly use my Goodreads goal setter to keep track of what I read during a certain year um, because it keeps some really good statistics. That's it.
2: Well I don't ever keep a number track Um, so my goal is definitely I don't ever think about number as far as books Um, and although I have a Goodreads account I don't haven't in the past actually maintained it at all um although i'm finding with doing the with doing books and bites and the podcasts that i really probably should start doing that yeah, yeah exactly yeah goodreads um, is a
0: great way for if you want to recommend a book or add it to a list and you can't quite remember enough you can go mm-hmm. back and find it very easily yes
2: <laughs> yes so those that for those of us who need help with the memory <laughs> i think that i think it'll be a good tool Um, so my big goal for this year is to read Middlemarch. So that is definitely going to cut down on the number of (laughs) books, I think. Um, and it's something that I've wanted to do ever since I read the book, My Life in Middlemarch. And I really enjoyed that book and have never actually read Middlemarch. Um, but I've made several unsuccessful attempts so far. (laughs) Um, one, because I tried borrowing the library copy and it's, not a book that you can read in three weeks Um, and then I tried reading it on an e-reader and I really didn't like being a not being able to see the pages and how far along I was other than the number Um, so I received a copy for Christmas this year so I don't have any excuses and I'm also giving myself a very lengthy time to read it because it was originally published in eight installments over a year, um, so it's not a book meant to be read in three weeks. Mm-hmm. It's meant to be read
0: over the course of a year. Exactly. You can
2: feel very
1: historic when you
2: <laughs> Yes, so I'm h- proud that I've already made it through the first installment. Um, however, I have reached the second one, and I think that's the the installment that has always tripped me up so <laughs> hopefully I can push through this one Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yes thank you <laughs> um,
1: going along with goals not being a number I also every year pretty much have the goal to read more diversely I think that's something that we talk about a lot um, in the book world but I don't have any specific books that I have in mind I just this year I want to focus more on authors I think I tend to read the same sort of author even though the stories are different and the characters may be different. I don't read a lot of authors that are translated or authors from other countries and that's something that's going to be on my goal list this year.
2: Yeah, that's that's something that I, um, just in noticing, I, I always try to do that but it's really easy to get into a rut um, and just in starting to keep track of what I've been reading, I'm starting to notice that, that I need to make a more conscious effort.
0: Now we're going to take a look back at our reading in 2016 and share some of our best of books of the year. The first book I want to talk about is Morningstar by Pierce Brown. It's the third and final book in the Red Rising trilogy. It's a masterpiece of science fiction, and this trilogy tells the story of a future in which mankind has settled far into the solar system, but only at the cost of its humanity. People are divided into color-coded castes. Our protagonist, a young man named Darrow, takes up the quest to break free from the chains the higher castes have secured around his people. With literally the best writing I've ever enjoyed in any science fiction series, and I've read a lot of them, Morningstar finishes the trilogy in the most epic and world-shattering way possible. I highly recommend the entire series to sci-fi fans or those looking to read an action-packed, dramatic series that will honestly change your view of the world. I would say the perfect snack to enjoy with the Red Rising series is a jar of classic cinnamon candies. They're unexpected and fiery, just like the story's plot and its characters. By far my favorite ebook of the year was Rebel of the Sands by Elwyn Hamilton. It's the first book in a fantasy series, and it was chosen as the winner of the Goodreads Choice Best Debut Goodreads Author in 2016. Rebel of the Sands tells the story of Amani Alhisa, an orphan who grew up in poverty, and now she's a teenager, and she wants to escape the barren factory town that is her entire world. She meets a foreign boy named Jin, and when danger finds them, they both escape together into the desert. Amani's world is suddenly thrown into chaos, and everything she knows is turned upside down when she discovers out who Jin really is a mysterious prince and what he's fighting for. Rebellion, romance, and self-discovery collide in this fantastically written debut novel. I highly recommend it for fans of young adult fiction or for those looking for a captivating story set in a strange and really magical world. You should enjoy this series opener with a glass of ice-cold water or a pitcher of iced tea to contrast to the heat of the desert sands. I must have listened to at least 40 audiobooks in 2016, but by far the best one was Catalyst, a Rogue One novel by James Luceno. Catalyst is the prequel novel to the latest film in the Star Wars saga, Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. The novel and the film take place prior to the events of Star Wars New Hope, and they tell the story of the rebel effort to steal the plans to the Death Star. Catalyst is an in-depth look at the development of the Death Star, its chief researcher Galen Erso, and the Imperial officer in charge of the whole project, Orson Krennic. The film, Rogue One, then follows Galen's daughter, Jin as she works with a group of rebels to steal the plans for the Death Star in order to find a way to stop it and all the destruction it could cause. The audiobook felt like I was watching a Star Wars movie. Uh, It had awesome sound effects straight from the movies, voices accurate to the on-screen actors, and incredibly accurate Star Wars music. The novel is simply a must-read for Star Wars fans. I highly recommend that anyone who enjoyed the Rogue One movie read Catalyst in order to get an in-depth look at the Star Wars world and Galen Erso's life. Curl up with this audiobook and a cup of blue milk, just like Jin's mom makes in the movie, add some stormtrooper-shaped marshmallows, and pretend you're on the freezing planets of Hoth or Vault. You can find the recipe on the official StarWars.com website, which we'll link to in our blog. 2016 was the year that I discovered graphic novels. I'd never been a big fan of comics or uh, superheroes, and I was surprised to find a comic on the shelf at my local comic book store that I really enjoyed, and that was Monstrous by Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda. My favorite graphic novel of the year was the first collected volume, Monstrous Volume 1, Awakening. It's set in an alternate steampunk-style Asia in the 1900s. It's a dark, magical tale of war, slavery, and the horrors of an ancient power that was newly awakened. The protagonist, Micah Halfwolf, constantly throws herself into the most dangerous situations possible while on a quest to find out exactly what happened to her mother many years before. She's on the run from several factions of witches and arcanics who want to take advantage of the mysterious power she has, but she's only just figuring out how that power works how it's connected to the ancient gods to her mother to her own tortured soul i highly recommend monstrous for fans of dark fantasy and horror fiction it's a gorgeous story from an extremely talented author artist duo with a lot of experience working on marvel and dc comics the first volume collects comic issues one through six You should enjoy this graphic novel collection with a cup of hot tea and a warm slice of sourdough bread hot out of the oven. The characters often eat very simple meals while they travel, if they have time to eat at all while on their adventures. So which of those books, if any, do you think that you two would want to read?
2: Well, just looking at your covers, our listeners can't see them. You can go to the blog. Um, I like I think the cover of Rebel of the Sands has, is really beautiful. Um, so just based on that, because to be honest, we have very different reading tastes. <laughs> um, that would be the one that I would go with.
0: Yeah, it's really pretty. It's gold and turquoise and there's a somebody riding a horse off into the starry night of the desert on the cover.
1: <laughs> I think of the ones that you named, I've read all of them. I haven't read Golden Sun. I read the first one. Was it Red Rising? Mm -hmm. So I've read of that series, and then I read the other books. And by far, Rebel of the Saints was my favorite. I highly recommend that one. Nice, thanks. 2016 was a great year for teen series. Looking back over the books I read this year, thanks again to Goodreads for organizing my reading lists, I gave five stars over and over to books with awesome world-building, finely detailed characters, and interesting concepts that happen to be part of a series. When awards are handed out, committees often overlook books from series, which is understandable. The book isn't a standalone, so do you rate it based on the potential for the rest of the series to be great, or do you try not to factor in the books that have come before? Either way, it's nearly impossible to compare a standalone book to an entry in a series. Until an award comes along that honors completed series, these books will continue to be sadly neglected. Because of this, I wanted to give some much-needed attention to books from 2016 and share a bit of information about their series as well. The Raven King by Maggie Stiefvater wraps up her acclaimed Raven Cycle. It was published back in April 2016 and was highly anticipated by the multitudes of fans of the previous books. Including me.
0: I couldn't <laughs> wait for that book. It was it was so good.
1: I had it on my, like, I like had a countdown on my Goodreads <laughs> page waiting for it.
0: Yeah, I've actually read it. I think I read it twice last year because I listened to it and then I read the print book.
1: <laughs> I, I've got it. I need to listen to it. It's on my to be read again because I read it and now I want to listen to it. The setup of this series is that a girl named Blue Sargent is the only non-gifted member of a psychic family, and she has been told from birth that she will kill her true love with a kiss. Through the series, you become intimate with Blue's family and the Raven Boys, a group of students from a private school in Blue's town. What could be mistaken for a cliched paranormal fiction quickly turns into a magical adventure full of Welsh folklore, ley lines, ghosts, and truly great character development. With the promise of killing with a kiss, it seemed almost impossible for the final book in the series to live up to the expectations in a satisfying way. But The Raven King completed each plot line successfully and unexpectedly. I highly recommend the entire series in one binge-reading gulp. As an added bonus, if you listen to the audiobook, which I really want to do, Will Patton of Remember the Titans fame narrates and lends a great accent to the story. When thinking about what food to pair with this series, I came across the website fiction-food.com, which has recipes for popular books, TV, movies, and even video games. For The Raven Cycle, the website suggests a half sausage, half avocado pizza, something the Raven boys order often from the place where Blue works as a server. There is a description of what the pizza means to the characters, a full recipe for making it, and a quote from the author. Overall, a nice resource to know, and we'll add the link to our Books and Bites blog. Moving on to an unfinished series, Walk on Earth, a Stranger, is the first book in a new series by Ray Carson. So far, only the first and second book, Like a River Glorious, are out. The third book will hopefully come out this year. This one is about Lee Westfall, a girl living in Georgia in 1849. She has the secret gift of being able to divine gold. This is the only magical element in an otherwise realistic historical fiction, but it adds a unique facet that fuels the plot when someone finds out about her and she must flee. Because it's 1849, the California Gold Rush is in full swing, and she sets off across the country. The first book in the series details her trip, disguising herself as a boy, joining a wagon train, and surviving harsh conditions. If you liked Laura Ingalls Wilder or the infamous Oregon Trail (laughs) video game, then this book is great for you.
0: That's what I was thinking, if (laughs) if
1: you like to play the Oregon
0: Trail or if (laughs) you miss playing it.
1: That was something I thought of a lot while I was reading it, yeah. Um, there is a bit of magic a ton of adventure and the hint of a romance with this book taking place in georgia and then crossing the entire country hunting farming and getting by on what she can provide lee's food it made me think of warm comforting southern foods that she may have eaten growing up i think something like homemade chicken and dumplings would be a great meal for this book and maybe some dessert with edible gold glitter on top to mix in the magic element just for fun
2: Night Sky with Exit Wounds by Ocean Vuong is a first book by a young poet who was born in Saigon and immigrated with his family to Connecticut when he was two. The New Yorker says the poems are both, quote, narrative and lyric, his diction formal and insouciant. From the outside, Vuong has fashioned a poetry of inclusion, unquote. Because of its inclusiveness, the mix of the formal with the colloquial, the narrative with the lyric, the humorous with the serious, I recommend Night Sky with Exit Wounds, even if you don't normally read poetry. The book's opening lines hooked me, and the language and emotion propelled me to keep reading. One of Wang's primary subjects is violence, both in war and at home, as in the following lines from the poem Detonation. Quote, To even write, father, is to carve a portion of the day out of a bomb-bright page. Unquote. Other subjects include cultural displacement, family, gender, love, and sex. One of my favorite poems in the book is Notebook Fragments, which leaps deftly from image to image, contrasting violence with beauty in a way that is shattering, as in the following couplet. Quote, Grandma said, in the war they would grab a baby, a soldier at each ankle, and pull, just like that. It's finally spring, daffodils everywhere, just like that. Unquote. Coincidentally, just as I was thinking about what I wanted to say about this book, I heard Wong talking about Vietnamese food on the New Yorker radio hour. He took the interviewer to the New World Mall in Queens, where the food court has all this delicious Asian food. Wong said that when he first moved to New York City from Connecticut, he used to go to that mall and read because it reminded him of reading in the kitchen at his family's home. While something tells me you wouldn't have the same experience taking Night Sky with Exit Wounds to the Fayette Mall, there are a couple of Vietnamese restaurants in Lexington, including Pho B.C., which is just off Nicholasville Road. Bring the book with you and order something really spicy to match the fire and passion of the poems. You could also try making something yourself. We have several Vietnamese cookbooks here at the library, which we'll link to on our blog. I wanted to talk about is Pond by Claire Louise Bennett. And I talked about this book, um, which is also a first book, in our September Books and Mites meeting, and of all the books I've read this year, it's the one I most want to reread. In fact, I'd like to have my own copy because as I read it the first time, there was just so much that I wanted to underline and savor. Pond defies categorization. The book is composed of short, lyrical, and wry pieces that are part story, part essay, and part novel chapter. A young woman who lives alone in a coastal village, most likely in Ireland, though the country isn't named, narrates all of the pieces. Other reviews compare Bennett's writing to the work of Lydia Davis and Samuel Beckett. The book's stream of consciousness and focus on the domestic also remind me of Virginia Woolf. If you are someone who reads mainly for plot, Pond is probably not the book for you. It's probably not the book for Eden.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like something that I might like to listen to (laughs) as an Mm -hmm. audiobook. Um, That might be lovely while while driving through the Kentucky countryside.
2: (laughs) Well, my husband and I actually tried listening to, there's an audiobook version on Hoopla, and I don't think, it, it might have just been the reader because it was not the voice that I heard in my head when I was reading the book. But he was like, I hate this character.
0: <laughs> um, so I'm used to a lot of different audiobook narrators, but sometimes they can really ruin yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. So maybe there's another version, but I don't know. The one on Hopla I don't recommend. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try to check it out anyway, just in case. Anyway, the um, the book's pleasures for me reside in the narrator's sharp and funny observations, and in following the thoughts of someone fully immersed in solitude, which is certainly something we don't really do very often now. It's a little hard to decide what bites or beverages to pair with this book simply because it includes so many food and drink references. In fact, two of the shortest stories in the book are about food. Stir Fry reads in its entirety, quote, I just threw my dinner in the bin. I knew as I was making it I was going to do that, so I put in it all the things I never want to see again, unquote. In one of my favorite stories, Finishing Touch, she describes plans for a summer party where, quote, there'll be martinis and campari and champagne and beautiful heaps of salad and huge beautiful bowls, fennel and grapefruit and walnuts and feta cheese and all kinds of spread-eagled leaves basking in oil and vinegar. So since it's the dead of winter and I'm dreaming of summer, I'm going to recommend pairing this book with one of my favorite salads, Lentils with Mint and Beets. You can find it in the book Urban Pantry by Amy Pennington, which we have in our collection. And since beets are a root vegetable, it's the perfect salad to enjoy this time of year. It will bring a touch of brightness to your winter meals.
0: for the patron recommendations portion of the Books and Bites podcast. At our last Books and Bites meeting in person at the library at the end of January, we were happy to have several patrons who wanted to share their favorite books of 2016. These recommendations include mostly books that were read and not published in 2016. The first one I want to share is a nonfiction book titled American Canopy, Trees, Forests, and the Making of a Nation by Eric Rutkow. It's a fascinating historical work that tells the remarkable story of the relationship between Americans and trees across the entire span of our nation's history. Another patron recommendation, also nonfiction, is Unstuffed, Decluttering Your Home, Mind, and Soul by Ruth Sukup. It's an inspirational guide to decluttering your home, as well as your mind and soul, as a way to take back your life from the stuff that weighs you down. Another recommendation that can be found in the nonfiction section of the library is Beyond Words What Animals Think and Feel by Carl Safina. It's a nonfiction title that combines decades of field observations with exciting new discoveries and offers an exquisite view of animal behavior that challenges the traditional boundaries between humans and non human animals. Our final patron recommendation is. A fiction title that you can find in the fantasy section of the library, it's called The Map of Time by Felix J. Palma. It's a standalone novel. It's set in 1896 London and tells the story of a Mr. Harrington and Miss Haggerty, a strange pair, each on their own quest to be free from the constraints of time and what it has done to their lives. What they find in the attic of famed author H.G. Wells may just be the hope that they were looking for. So thanks so much to the patrons who attend our monthly Books and Bytes meetings, and thank you for your recommendations. Be on the lookout for more patron recommendations on our bookmarks displayed throughout the library and on the next Books and Bytes podcast. We've really enjoyed working with Kendall on the podcast the last couple of months and we are a little sad to say that she's going to be leaving us.
1: I'm very, very sad to be leaving here. It's a great place to work and to be surrounded by books. I'm looking forward to my new adventure with my family. We're moving to Richmond, Virginia, but I will definitely visit and I will definitely be listening to the podcast.
0: Yay! We're happy to hear that. Um, I'm excited that you're you're happy about your upcoming changes and adventures.
2: Yes, we are excited, but we'll also miss you. And we're excited that um, Eden Gray is going to be replacing Kendall as the teen librarian here at the Jesmond County Public Library. Yay, Eden! Thanks!
0: I'm super excited about it. Um, so... Yeah, look forward to me and Carrie on our next month's Books and Bites podcast and come and talk to us at our Books and Bites monthly meetings. find a list of books and recipes mentioned on this podcast and to find out more about the creative space and our recording studio visit www.justpublib.org for more book recommendations and discussion we meet in person once a month at the library join us for our next program wednesday january 25th at 10:30 a.m in the conference room our theme song is The Breakers by Scott Witten, from his forthcoming album In Close Quarters with the Enemy. To hear more of Scott's work, visit palisades.bandcamp.com.